0: offers and bet Online, your online sportsbook experts. Use the code CLNS50 when you go to betonline.ag. Once again, betonline.ag, code CLNS50 to get you 50% off your initial deposit. Of oh, the Garden Report postgame show, Here. Jimmy Coscano, Bobby Manning from the Garden. What's up, Bobby?
1: Hey, how you doing?
2: How are you
0: doing? Bobby boy, okay. reporting live.
1: Yeah, fun night here. It's the first night we've been here with fans, right? Did Joe Sway catch any of the fans? No, no we, we, we didn't even go
0: the first two nights. Uh, so this is the first time we've had somebody there. What was it like? Oh, it got
1: loud in that second half when they were scrambling defensively. I said you, know, you were going to see the difference between zero and two thousand, and they were doing the taco chance late in the third. It got a little out of control, but <laughs> like it was, it was great to see them back here. It's just such a difference.
2: Could you yeah, actually okay. hear the difference? I mean, compared to eighteen, I mean, what was it? Eighteen thousand. I mean, what was was it? You know, something that you could really notice, or
1: yeah, for sure. Especially in the flow of the game, like you know, looking around and seeing like the gaps between all of them. You're just listening. It's a great backdrop, especially on TV. You probably hear it on TV too. The difference. I couldn't hear anything over
0: Scout tonight, but
1: oh Lord, I heard about (laughs) that. But
0: (laughs) anyway. Someone gave him the play-by-play assignment. Didn't tell him that every once in a while, like you got to stop.
2: Yeah, like we're watching.
0: <laughs> that was a mistake.
1: I would have fucked that one, but I didn't hear it. So
2: <laughs> hey, I mean, it's, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna trash him. It's probably it's very difficult to just jump. That's a play hard play role. Yeah, I mean, hey, credit I, I, credit I, to uh,
1: John Wallach who was pretty good on the radio tonight. I was listening to that one.
0: I actually yeah. thought Scal did okay. I know people were busting his chops. It is hard to go from the color yeah. role to that role. I mean.
2: I think he'll probably watch it back, and maybe next time he might do a little. Watch less. the tape. <laughs> might do a little less. Yeah. Yeah.
0: You got less is more. You got to check the tape. But you, <laughs> yeah, you forget like it all kind of starts and ends with you, and you're right. Like, do I stop talking? Should I keep talking? What am I supposed to do? It's a it's a tough gig. Right. Um, but but anyway, this is the second. This is the second Houston makes us feel good about ourselves game uh, in the last couple of weeks. So it's again, it's Especially hard to, to rob, right? <laughs> I mean, <laughs> the favorite well, opponent. Uh, However, big difference in this night, in this game. Last time he did not face Christian Wood, and this time he did. And you can argue mm. Chris, Christian Wood is an all star uh, level center, and Rob uh, had his overall, hard to argue, uh, at least statistic. I, I think he's played overall better games, but not by much. This was an unreal game. This for is Rob. a great
2: game. It's not just the stats. I mean, the way he played and he, he was unreal. Those stats. Yeah. yeah. And I mean, first- he almost
0: had a triple double, guys. Jesus. I, I know. mean,
2: <laughs> and for the first time, I actually thought that. Well, Bobby, you were there, but I actually thought that the players were looking for him. And they were actually, like, running plays through him and looking for him at the rim. And he was, you know, once he got the ball, like, he was he was pretty smooth with it over there. I mean, yes. I, I got to say, like, I was I was impressed. I mean, especially, I know we've been pumping his tires all, all season, but, I mean, he earned it tonight.
1: Especially early. He had, like, 10 points through the first 11 minutes of the game or so in the second quarter.
0: He on, like, three of the first five baskets and had 10 in the first.
1: Yep. So And then in the second half, especially the fourth quarter, you saw the high post action for him. I know you guys don't like it, but he does a great job out of that. All four of those 48 threes when he broke off for five straight there were assisted off him, and it was all that high-screen movement action off of Rob. And that's one thing I will not deny about Rob. He has to be one of the best big-man passers we have ever seen in Boston, certainly, but also in this league, especially early on in a career. I mean, this isn't Jokic yet, but, like, he could maybe get to that point, right? Wow. Like the
0: the vision wow. there is just incredible. Bobby. He's a. He, I, I agree Bobby. Bobby, like it's not just it's not just assist totals. It is it's it's the confidence to throw difficult passes too. It's 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 not just vision finding guys who are clearly open. He sees guys that other people, even guards, um will not find. I mean, he's is a really really uh like I, I don't know what the right word is like courageous pass, but he, he threads needles. He finds guys, he gets them to a quick uh, at the right time through traffic through, you know, it's, he's a really, really clever passer. Yeah.
1: Yeah, for sure. And that last Fournier went off of him was from the top of the arc to the corner, which like you say, the only, the skip pass is probably harder than that. Uh, so yeah. the vision the confidence, as you say, and the skill, the finesse to do it from various positions on the floor. I mean, what I find amazing about him still, we talk about the lack of a shot with him sometimes. For him to be a threat as a passer out there, where everyone knows he's not going to shoot, he's not going to take you off the dribble, but he still is able to make such a quick decision that it opens up offense for other guys. I mean, that's his most
0: valuable skill right now. His most unique skill, certainly. Well, it's it, it, beyond that, Bobby, it's it, – it's, uh... I really do feel like with Rob, it's almost like like you know Keanu Reeves, you know, in The Matrix, like he's slowly figuring it out as the movie goes along, and like, oh my God, th- this is the one, you know, like he might be the one, <laughs> like. <laughs> he, he has been, been incredible. As, as you get further along in the movie, he's like, "How did I do that?" You know, like until he gets the confidence, he's like, "I can do this." You know, yeah, I, you know, I can dodge bullets. I I know kung fu. Like all of a sudden, he's just like, "I can do all of this stuff." Like right. you feel like that next step in the evolution is all of a sudden he's like, "Of course, I can friggin' pull up." You know, from the elbow and hit this jumper. Like it, it it's it's all there. It's it's there if he wants it, and it's just get. It, I I I don't. I see no reason to believe that it's not going to happen, that the evolution won't continue.
2: Right. And it's kind of goes back to why we said just allow him to get that confidence, P- play him, get these minutes ticked up, play with the starters, allow him to find out for himself that he can play with these guys, you know, play against, play against the Christian woods of the world, right? Not, you know, the backup center and the blowout game, you know, it would have been, you know, last year at this time, he would have came in and what, you know, when tackle fall came in tonight, you know, so, I mean, to see how far he's come along in less than a season, I mean, yeah. obviously nowhere, he's not going to even be in the discussion or most improved player, but honestly, I mean, when you talk about improvement, this guy absolutely fits the bill from where he was last year to where he is this year. We're talking about him as, you know, this future, you know, current and future starting center of this team, you know, a huge piece go, going forward, and last year at this time he was, you know, a complete afterthought. Literally no, a player that was a DNPCD, you know, in a row, you know, and, and just, you know, almost a liability out there based on the way he was playing.
0: Yep.
1: Fifth in scoring yep. on this team since uh, the beginning of March, the efficiency 75% inside, you talk about over eight rebounds a game. Um, it's just yeah. incredible. Three assists. Yep. His March was incredible. And now it's extending in April.
0: Yeah. So right. a, a couple, couple, Couple fun stats popping out in this game. One, you know, and again, people in the columns are saying it. It's, it's. It, it, this should be the Rob and Fournier show, and I think it very much will be in terms of that. But beyond beyond just what they did tonight, what you need these guys to do. The stat that jumps off the page to me tonight, again, from a team perspective, certainly we're going to look at uh, assists. They came out right out of the gate. It was obvious what they wanted to do. They ran that beautiful action there, where Tatum whips it to Smart, who gets before he even before the ball even settles into his hands, he he gets it to Rob down low for a dunk. This is again one of those games where obviously they were told we're going to pass the friggin' ball tonight, uh, and 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 they did. So the thirty-five right. assists jumps off the page, but the other is two twenty-point scorers, not named Tatum or Brown or Kemba, which is. It's something you're just not getting from this team. And if you can rely, you're not going to get 20 from Rob every night, but to be able to get that from Rob and Fournier on this night, that's just unreal. Like you need contributions from other places so these guys don't have to carry the load. And they did. Another, Marcus Smart, how many shots tonight? Six. Six. Wow. Yes.
2: It's Sweet spot. Do
0: that. <laughs> Do
1: that. How Ten good was he tonight? Yeah. Passing. Yes. Defense inside. This was his best
0: offensive game of the season. Yes, defense up, distributing, moving the ball quickly, not looking for the shot. Like this is you want to talk about best versions of our of themselves. This yeah. was this was the best version of Marcus Smart tonight. Uh, yeah. a
2: thousand percent. I mean, this is. I mean, listen, six. You know. We're not, and, and there's gonna be people, people being out there like, well, you know, you can't expect him to only take six shots a game. We don't, but we don't want him to see him take 16 and go, you know, two for eight from three and force a bunch and you know, start, you know, trying to do things that he's not, you know, really wants to be asked to do. You know, like playing above what he's supposed to be doing. And, and tonight, when he fits his role well, dishing it to Fournier and and players like that. We haven't even mentioned Fournier really yet. Um, you know, that's perfect role for him. The 10 assists. I mean, if you're getting 10 from Marcus Smart every night, I mean, that's a night where that's a game where you're most likely winning, right? Because he's getting his other guys involved. They're hitting their shots. I mean, you want to go back to last game when nobody could hit a shot? It's a simple game, folks. You hit your shots, results will follow. And, you know, it was night and day. I mean, the open shots were going down tonight, whether it was Fournier, whether it was Tatum. You know, these guys were actually hitting the shots tonight. And, you know, that's why you're seeing the higher assists, too. I mean, you know, those shots don't go. We're not talking about 10 assists, obviously. But when Marcus Smart's playing his style of game that with over 2 from 3, I mean, yeah, you want him to hit a shot. But if he's only taking 2, he's not killing you on the offensive end.
1: It's pretty yeah. evident, too, that you want Fournier to have more shots than him pretty much every single game. We've Definitely. talked about the inactivity of Fournier, the lack of involvement. And that happened tonight, too, in the first half. I didn't think he was all that much on the ball, getting the – dribble into a shot, all the stuff we talked about. But for them to just hammer home, sh- uh, pass after pass to him in that second half the way they did, that's so encouraging. N- not only for like his confidence and his insertion within the team, but you weren't sure if he- that was going to be something he'd be comfortable with, catching, shooting. Not something he uh, did all that well in Orlando. But tonight, he pretty much knocked down everything. This was the best three-point shooting game of his career. He's never hit seven threes before. So this never is another sign. Threes.
0: Yeah, yeah. There's he's never ed- had tw- 20 points in the fourth. He's never done any of this stuff.
1: Yeah, so this is a sign that he could fit well with this team in that role. A little less ball time, a little more catch-and-shoot action, off-ball movement, and I love the pass that they got him in the lane. I, this actually might have been the fourth quarter against Dallas a couple nights ago. During the comeback, you know, a rhythm drive to the rim through the foul, finish up the net. And I love his defense. He is such a good defender. I don't think people realize that coming into Boston. Like, he moves yep. around the screens effortlessly, he rotates. He's got good cohesion with Smart in that sense. So he's a guy that's got to play a ton, shoot a ton, and just be com- constantly involved, whether it's on the ball or off the ball.
0: What? He's he's lucky. We got to be honest. I mean, look, he had an awesome fourth quarter, and you you see you saw things, you know, flashes of what he did. But this was trending. I mean, the, my notes. This game story was what? What another dud game from Fournier up until the fourth quarter? Because I mean, he was one of six shooting, wasn't knocking down his threes, had a had a, had a miserable air ball late in the shot clock, you know, mm-hmm. in that third quarter there, and it was kind of like looking at a. Are they going to use this guy in any way that utilizes his skill set, or is he just going to go up there and every once in a while jack a shot or two and, 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 and just call it a night? It was headed in the wrong direction, and then just bang, 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 bang. He just started drilling. Oh, himself. it was
1: unreal! Just splash, splash, yeah. splash.
0: We haven't seen a run like that from a he, Cel- individual Celtic in a while. That was incredible. I, you just looked every time I looked up. I didn't know if I'd accidentally rewound my TV. He was just li- <laughs> he was lining up for another three, and I was like, "Wow, that's another one." You know.
1: And who could have done that before the deadline? You weren't going to see that from Shemi. You Not weren't semi. seeing that from Green, Smith. You hope that draft night that this might have been the cards, but certainly not. So finally, there's just a capable scorer off the Jays and Kemba. Yeah, it's a good point, Bobby. Yeah. It's a
2: great point. I mean, you're right. I mean, who's taking that shot in the fourth quarter? You know, probably smart, right? Forcing up an ugly one or 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 or, or criticizing Tatum for, you know, holding the ball for 18 seconds and jacking one up. So uh, it's definitely good to have that player. I I'm not going to criticize the shooting because they all went down, but I mean – is it just going to be three-ball jacking, I guess? is that it doesn't really matter who you are once you come to the Celtics. Like, that's kind of what you end up doing. I, I don't know. I mean, I guess that's their style. I mean, they're 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 three-point shooting heavy team. They need more. When the shots fall, everything's Again. fine in Danny. When they don't, you have a game like you did on Wednesday. So, we've been riding and – you know, you ride or die with the three-point shot. And it feels like that's how it's going to go all season. So <laughs> – Again, it's great that yeah. the shots fell, but I mean, if they don't, what are we talking about tonight? You
0: know. Look, all threes aren't created equal, and right, when you have a piss poor night than you had a couple of nights ago, sure, those are going to happen too, and that's right. always the live by the sword, die by the sword sort of thing when when you count on the three point shot or outside shooting for the majority of your buckets and you can't generate easy baskets, that's always going to be a tough. But not all are created equal. When right. you're getting good ball movement threes, when you're driving and dishing and kicking out, that was the difference um, tonight. That's a difference. And so when you're manufacturing those shots, you're ma- you're giving yourself a better chance as opposed to whip the ball around the perimeter and whoever has it near the five-second mark of the shot clock just shoots a three, you know, or shoots it early in the clock just because it's your turn to shoot it right. by just there, dribbling, you know. it was and, movement you know, to and- I mean,
2: they were whipping the ball around. I mean, I think even Scal said like, oh, one too many passes and then like Tatum drains the three. but.
0: I well, mean, that was because Cornet had it right, had a he was, layup. He was right out of the and basket. He turned around. <laughs> yeah. I, yeah,
2: right. <laughs> yeah. But I mean, they but you know, they still worked the ball around and got an open three out of it, so credit to them. And you know, you're certainly not gonna criticize for, you know, ball boom because so many times this season it's just take the ball here, your turn. You know, you you know, you you take the shot and you know, I'll take it next. But this time it was actually like whether it was finding Rob, you know, streaking to the hoop or at the basket or whether it was whipping it around. You know, for Tatum or Fournier, like yeah. it was working tonight. I mean, you know, good for them. Again, it's the Houston Rockets, so it's all you know, relax a little bit. But what we said, what I said on Wednesday, my closing thoughts was: take care of business. You know, Friday night against the Rockets, work Fournier into the game, and you know, get some momentum going into Sunday. So that's exactly what they did.
1: Perfect prediction.
2: I heard that Hayward left the game tonight, unfortunately, with a sprained foot. Oh. So I don't know what his oh, stats really? is going to. Yeah. I don't know what his stats is going to be for Sunday. Oh, by the way, um, Stephen says Jalen Brown's fine, so we don't have to worry about that.
0: Um, yeah, people that on- are asking in the chat. I saw that yeah, It looked like he knocked knees. It didn't look like a twist Yeah, or whatever. They were up, like, they were up so, 20 at that point,
2: too. They called it a contusion, according to Brad Stevens. Yeah. He's going to be fine, so I assume he'll be out there on Sunday. But, yeah, as far as Hayward's concerned, I just saw a tweet saying he left the game on a sprained, right, sprained foot, so but, I don't know.
1: When you were – is real that- quick, real quick on your three point point, uh, your three point point, yeah, Jimmy. Uh, if you had to guess where this team is and three points a 10 per game, and this has changed drastically, where would you guess rank wise?
2: If I had to guess without knowing, I would, I would, I would say somewhere near the top, but I know that's just how the NBA is, so I, I don't know. Ooh, the yeah,
0: Celtics are middle of the pack and right, pack. Yeah. but you know,
2: it-
1: because everyone's shooting
2: threes, that's just, but, you know,
1: but. Starting one week ago, last Friday, if you look at the rankings in the league over this last week, guess where they are? Uh,
0: they're me. near the top. Uh, they were they were lower than halfway. In fact, the, most of the... They're English, first. They're first in the league the in this last show, week. They're not shooting enough threes. It was the opposite, which is funny because the average criticism of this team is like all they do is jack threes. Again, it's all, all right. threes aren't made equal. When you just pound, 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 my shot and then my shot, it's different. You know, it's not I think way. that's it's what...
2: People criticize them because they miss so many. So, where, well, where are they are reacting to where are they in that? In
1: that That's a good point, body. Jimmy. Yeah, over the last week, they've shot the most threes in the NBA, but they're 20th in efficiency.
2: Right. So, it, it, when the shots are falling, no one's saying all these guys do is shoot threes. They're saying, wow, mm-hmm. great shot. You know, it's, it's, it's like John's saying, it's, it's, you know, what transpires leading up to the three that really drives you crazy. I mean, we understand yeah. that, you know, You have a good shot, take the shot. You know, you're not going to criticize a guy for missing an open three or working the ball around, but when you force it or when you, you know, drain the clock and, you know, fade away three or when Grant Williams is taking the three or Marcus Smart's taking the three, that's when you start to go crazy.
1: Yeah, for sure. And I just I think this is part of an effort to balance it out. I don't think we want them to be first. In the, they're not the Jazz. You don't want them to be first in the league in threes the rest of the year. They don't have that kind of personnel. Uh, but if you can get close to that top 10 range, I think that's good for them as a team because what are they going to be doing otherwise? Tatum fadeaways from 18 feet, right. uh, Marcus Smart, long twos. I mean, you don't want any of that. The only guy really that you want taking a high volume there in that mid-range Jalen Brown to some degree if he can get back to his early season form there or Kemba and Kemba even is really faded from that spot on the floor like that used to be his money maker shot you just don't see it as much anymore
2: you're right he's not well we I feel like we see it in bits and pieces but you're right I mean that that you know drive to the drive to the paint and then step back pull up sort of thing that he would do like the like the 15 footer We, we aren't seeing a lot of that I don't know if that has anything to do with How he's feeling or or what I mean I have no reason to believe it is but with jail we're not seeing much Kemba Uh, Kemba Kemba. we're not seeing that the typical like you know hard like head to the basket and like stop on a dime and pull up for the 15 footer we're not seeing a whole lot of that out of him
0: uh, so what do you guys think of Kemba's game tonight it was uh, again a strange one in the sense of you know when he's not taking a lot of shots you start to worry that he doesn't feel he can get his shot you know um, right. Whereas you can also look at this game and say, well, no, he just took a secondary role because other people were cooking a little bit and he was distributing yeah. more. But it is weird to have him be this passive from an offensive standpoint. I'm fine with him consciously giving the game what it needs. I'm just always a little bit leery when you see one of these types of games wondering, was was this a game where he felt like he couldn't get his shot off or he didn't feel like he needed to?
2: Well, to that I'll say this. It's like damned if he does, damned if he doesn't. I know. Because, because – yeah. The first, you know, X amount of games he was playing, everyone's saying, oh, Kemba's the reason they're struggling because he's a sc- shoot-first guard. He's he's not a facilitator. He's not getting – you know, he can't get the Jays involved the way that he should. And then on a night where he kind of does focus on that, we say, well, what's what's up with Kemba? You know, is, is he – can he not get a shot off or is he not looking for it? So, you know, I actually – you know, you know, you got the stat line right there. I'm fine with those numbers. I mean, four obviously. Four of eight.
0: It's not on this stat. Yeah, four of eight. There it is. Yep. Yeah, there
2: it is. I mean, eight assists. I think he had six rebounds, plus 24. I mean, obviously they blew him out. But, um, you know, it was one of those games where he didn't feel like he needed to force his shot or, or look for his shot, you know. And I think Fournier's big fourth quarter had something to do with that, obviously. And, you know, other guys are getting other guys were getting involved. And let's not forget, Rob, Rob was a player that I think shots away from from guys like Kemba and in a good way. Because maybe a shot that we're talking about that Kemba would step back and take, he can now find Rob streaking to the basket or under the rim for the easy two or the lob, right? So that's another thing that we've been asking is like, get the ball to Rob down low and let him do what he does at the basket. And I thought that they did that tonight. So, you know, you take a few of those shots away from Rob and you give them to Kemba. I mean, we're probably not talking about his, maybe he ends up with 16, you know, whatever he ends up with, but no, I don't have an issue with his game tonight. I thought it was a little on the quieter side, but, that's what's gonna happen when you're getting other guys involved the way they were. Like you said, John, between I mean, four twenty point scores tonight, you know, and Kemba didn't have to be one of those guys, yeah. which is, which It's is
0: not right. a criticism, it was just a it was just a question. No, it's just, always, yeah, it's, I,
2: it's it's just an observation for sure. Yeah,
0: yeah.
1: And I, I felt like from the earliest minutes of this game a, a pleasing adjustment from Steven's standpoint was they took Tatum off that lead lead guard role more. Yeah. You know, Kemba was there, smart was there throughout this one, and they were the one trading. Yeah, throwing Rob, and that's a good point too. You know, the two best lob throwers on this team, we see Tatum get in the lane and throw those to Rob a little bit. Brown does it from time to time, but Smart's easily the best, and then Kemba gets yep. those off too if he can get into the pick and roll. Yep. So uh, they were the ones generating a ton of the facilitating action tonight. And it was nice to see Tatum, you know, use some flare screens on the wings and stuff, get out in transition, use that as a way to get his offense rather than iso, iso, iso. Which really, if you dive into the numbers on Tatum's isos at this point, I mean, he's ninth in the league in usage in that sense, and he shoots 35% on those way shots. Low. yeah. It's just absurdly yeah. inefficient when that's, you, that's how they are running me. their offense.
0: That goes back two years. That's the thing with Tatum and people don't realize is you think like, okay, you take the good, you take the bad with him. He's supposed this is what he does. He's an ISO yeah. player every once in a while. So you got to just live with it. But the efficiency two years ago, he was actually dead last in the league, dead last for someone with his usage rate or, or near it. Um, in, in 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 ISO scoring, uh, and he's very close to the bottom again this year. And Brown's not much better, actually. So you have two guys who play in isolation more than you'd like them to, who are not at all uh, effective in it. So it's it's not just the eye test. Everybody who's watching it losing their minds. The statistics bear out they are way worse when they just give these guys the ball and get out of the way. They have, and again, this is the debate people keep having uh is well who are they going to pass to the, the the answer is it probably doesn't matter just creating movement uh in this offense makes the offense flow better and ultimately results in them getting better looks along the way it's not just about who gets it ultimately it's going to come back to them one way or the other it yeah. frees them up them just dribbling and trying to find their own shots and, and and ignoring everyone else on the floor is a terrible way to play yeah so you hope that this is contagious, you hope this isn't just the you know the Houston flu you know or there's just one game and and then and then you go back to it <laughs> on the, the next one because they have to play like this to be successful they have no, they, there's no there, there's no other option
1: yeah, and Tatum's best about authority real quick, Jimmy, but Tatum's two best plays as a pro right now are catch and shoot threes. Like from his like first days as a rookie that was a money play for him, and post ups and the Celtics never really do that, but every so often he gets a post up and he's great at that, but when it comes to the mid range action driving to the rim we know he's not a great finisher, and even bouncing around those screens in the threes, he'll have great games on those, but that doesn't always go well for me though like he missed everything against Dallas running those, so like you you almost want him off the ball a little bit now again, like he's not gonna be like in the Aaron Neesmith role on this team, off the ball all the time. But you want to get him off the ball, running off screens, even setting
0: some screens just to free him up because they're going to blitz him if he's on the ball. Well, you're right. That's the thing. is you, He gets blitzed and he gets pushed out further away from the action, which forces him to dribble even more, takes himself completely out of the play. And you're right. When he catches it low and he does the, – the, the contested shots that you like with him are those rise-up little fadeaways, one-legged fadeaways from 8, 10, 12 feet, where he does seem to be able to get that shot clean off of people. But these ridiculous step-backs from 18, 20 feet uh, and you know these dribble, 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 pullback threes – are clearly the, the, the worst part of his game and the one that he just keeps falling back into. Yeah,
2: I agree with both of you guys. I mean, the, the more they can get him off the ball, the more that they can allow him to lose his defender and, and create mismatches. And, and, and him on the catch and shoot is something that we don't get to see enough because of the way that Bobby mentioned, the way they've had to use him this year. So, I, I mean, I think that makes perfect sense. And, you know, you'd like to see him in – you'd like to see the Celtics or Brad get him in motion a lot more off the ball – Coming off around screens and picks, and, and and they should they should be able to allow that to happen and get him in. Mo- I mean, he he's so much taller than and you know he, the the thing about Jason Tatum is at least when I see when he's in those one on one situations, a lot of times he's just shooting over guys. I don't necessarily think he's got like the, the the deepest bag where he where he loses defenders. He's using his height. I mean, he has he has a great shot. Don't get me wrong, but he's able to shoot over guys. He's not necessarily losing them. So for him to be able to get a clean look, um, you know, is something that he. Sh- the Celtics need to absolutely work into that into that their repertoire more. Let often. me
0: work in a viewer question for Bobby right here. Um, after this game, Bobby, this 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 swaggy E uh, loyal uh, <laughs> loyal viewer wants to ask if you think Rob is trending towards untouchable, or if if not, what type of player would you include uh, him for in a trade?
1: I think he's close. Uh, when we had that whole Vucevic conversation, I thought it would be tough to give him up in a trade like that, especially with, you know, where the front court was going with Tice and Thompson. You'd essentially just be going all in on Vucevic at that point. And I guess they're all in on Rob now at this point after dumping Tice. But, you know, what would you flip Rob for? They got their wing now in Fournier. They got a decent guard rotation. And so all you really need behind Rob at this point, if he's going to continue to develop, is like a good depth center, like a Robin Lopez or something. And we'll see if Tristan Thompson can pan out at, behind them as a backup or if they end up flipping them you guys are going to freak out and probably rightfully so at this point uh but as far as trades go like you want him to be kind you guys keep throwing around the al jefferson comparison like that's where you want him to go and right now based on what we learned at the deadline he doesn't have great value around the league so what are you going to do you don't want to sell low on him you just got to continue to develop him. hope he becomes like a core member of the team And eventually, if something becomes available, you think about it. And if it's like Beal or
0: (laughs) something like that,
1: you you do it.
2: I've been saying, I mean, we've been saying this all season. Like, you have to play Rob, you have to improve his worth, (laughs) and then he might have a tradable (laughs) asset that you didn't have coming into the season. 100%, that's literally what it is. So when that swaggy E asks, you know, is Rob untouchable? No, he's not untouchable, but the whole point is, he either becomes again, he becomes good enough where Celtics fans don't want to trade him, or he becomes good enough where you can actually get a yeah. legitimate well, star that's return. How it works. And you do the key thing here, which Bobby won't even pick up the phone on a trade that includes Jalen Brown or Jason Tatum. Well, now you might have a player that can get you a not saying so, that they want him, a Carl Anthony Towns type, right? A player that is asked for a trade and you know needs a new scenery, and here come the Celtics calling with Rob a Rob-centered package and picks and whatever it is and you can keep round and Tatum so again only good things can come from this I agree with Chair. Oh.
0: Ter- I, wanna, I'm I, gonna throw, I'm, I just want to qualify what just for the sake of this conversation, I want everybody in the comments to understand when we say untradeable, we don't mean like, yeah, you're not going to trade him straight up for Bradley Beal. Like, of course, that's not what we mean. Untradable means is he now no longer just an add in sweetener to get you a little bit better to make that marginal upgrade. Of course. That's, that's more what we're talking about. Not uh, nobody's untradeable, of course. And and Rob's certainly no, not. There are Celtics
2: has. fans out there that probably think Rob Wayne, James is actually untradeable. But right
0: there now. are others out there who are like, you guys are nuts. The other thing, when we mention Al Jefferson, we're not talking about in style of play. We're simply comparing what Jefferson was as a piece in the Garnett trade. Oh, yeah. Is-
1: I, w- I want you to flesh that out a little that bit because obviously. Al- Sorry. Uh, I want you to flesh that out a little bit, John, because I was like, what, 10 when that happened? Yeah. So. So, like, what, what I know is a different league back then, but what made Jefferson a piece that the Wolves, besides Kevin McHale being there, that the Wolves coming, looked
0: he, he was a true, like, a, a blossoming big uh, who, who, had a, who had a lot of uh, value at the time. Uh, can you
1: compare Rob to that in today's game, or center's just not as valuable anymore?
0: He was more of a score, fu- score first kind of post up uh, big man. Yeah. So that's my, um, that's my question about Rob that, like- that had more value. He was a legit, I mean, this guy was a, I mean, this is a guy who was a 20 point per game, big man, you know, like, I mean, he left the Celtics, you know, as a, you know, kind of like a, yeah. he was like a, a 16 and 16 and 11 guy. He was a higher he, pick. He had, he had more, you know, he had more
2: hype coming in.
0: Yeah.
2: Um, I, so think they, I, say, I think Arizona, I, he, was,
0: he was 20 and 12, 20 and 11. I mean, he was a real deal. Big man. Yeah, I
2: mean, I, I think Bill Simmons coined it the Al Jefferson poo poo platter, which is like the perfect description of that trade for KG because there really was an Al Jefferson, and then they just gave a bunch of guys that you know. It was essentially a TP. (laughs) Yeah, a bunch of guys that were never going to be you know what more than what they already were probably you know. I mean Gerald Green was in there. When in credit to Gerald Green, he went on to have a solid career, but
0: but not yeah not.
2: To that extent, Jefferson
0: Better. was the centerpiece, and the right. rest of the thing were spare parts, and it right. still wasn't a fair trade. All I'm right. saying is, Well, Jefferson you, got hurt. We use the Jefferson comparison simply to say, You need that. Every team you is looking for player. the young player right. with assets as well. You don't
2: have it in Langford, Smith. Yeah. you know, go down the line. You you know, Ainge hasn't hit on those guys. So it looks like Rob Williams was credit to him, a guy that, it, it, you know, we, we've criticized Ainge countless times in this show about the, you know, the drafting and. It would appear that he nailed this this pick, right? Yeah. I mean, it would yeah. appear
0: really that really hard to do a twenty seven pick. Really hard to do. Go, go look up how many of those hit. Go look up how many how many twenty five to thirty picks stick in the league uh, for right. very long, or or are even crack rotations. The answer is very, very, very. Maybe hard.
2: he benefited from you know an injured type of a player coming into the draft. Maybe there were some, there's some GMs who got kind of scared because of that. And you know, maybe that you, you need a little luck though. So yeah, again, no, I mean, they and, took and, the and, risk and, and it paid off
1: and credit to Danny. We freak out about the knee Smith thing, but on the other end of that, situation you get robert williams at 27 and it looks like it's working out that's how they got avery bradley way back one and that was a fantastic pick so that's his mo on draft night like if a guy has potential and there's red flags there that are scaring other people
0: yeah.
2: he, he well, he'll he's be all over on that it. too it's, it's he's
0: good in the top three and and then the bottom bottom five
2: <laughs> yeah i mean he's, he's for everyone that's hit i mean there's probably two that haven't or three that haven't so
1: well i'm even thinking like imagine if michael porter landed here and he fell so far in that draft i forget where the Celtics close. were but it like it was getting close, and he probably would have done it. What Take did he go and, ten or eleven? Yeah, I think he went fourteen, and the Celtics no. must have been. You have to look that up because I can't, I can't, huh. uh, I can't pull it up here. But uh, again, I like the approach, and so that makes it a little bit harder to freak out about Romeo as we often do here. And you know, Romeo's got another year or two to figure it out after just a complete wash of two years. So. Ah. Rob Rob wasn't it similar with Rob though like the first year complete wash red shirt second year wicked hurt didn't play at all really because of the 40 games he missed gets involved in the postseason now year three he gets healthy he gets involved and healthy he improves well last year he missed 40 games
0: Jimmy that's what I mean yeah yeah yeah, um, yeah so, I mean, been healthier
2: one- before March
0: Year yeah. one, nothing Nothing was expected, but you're right. I mean, at the end of the day, he's barely played one full season, you know? I mean, and so when you yeah, think yeah. about that in terms of uh-huh. development, thir- he's 30 games each of the last two years, and now he's, you know, we're 40 games into this year. So, I mean, he's just barely passed a full season of NBA uh, action under his belt, and granted – you're developing just being in the system and maturing over time in your body and all of that so it's not fair to say he's like a rookie but in just in terms of actual action you're right it's it's basic it's it's a it's a red shirt year and then a year he spent basically mostly injured uh last season this is his first full season and this is what you're seeing and we talked last year about like how you saw Tatum and Brown make jumps in season, you know, uh, to become different types of players. You're seeing it with Rob, I mean, coinciding also with minutes and opportunity, but even now, even still, almost every minute, I mean, can you – do you even recall – conversations about rob williams having lapses and being worried about what he's going to do and this and that like that was a big thing like 20 games ago yeah. like do you how many times a game are you like oh here's rob being rob again i can
1: i can do it tonight if you really want me he to. has a couple what i'm saying
0: <laughs> is he he has a couple for sure but so does everyone that's the yeah. whole, that's the point we've been making but before it was such an issue that it was literally considered prohibitive like well he's going to be so bad doing all of these things it's going to negate everything good he does and no he makes mistakes like every human but it's not this like this 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 thing that's like dooming the team uh, when he's out there at all and that's it hasn't definitely- been for a while yeah
1: He learns and improves quickly when you do think of the short span that he's been a pro and he's been involved on this roster. All of the improvements we've talked about have happened in a pretty short span of time. So it makes me think about next year's contract year. Like, can he start shooting a little bit? Can he dribble? Uh, can he work on the ball downhill? Like these different things that, if you add to what he already does, you're really talking about a special player. And I don't know how quickly that stuff will come. If it'll develop, uh, this might just be the product that he is. Even if it like reaches its fully formed uh, product, this is what it is. But. You know, you can't rule out him shaping our other parts of his game now that he's really mastered what he does so well. Now, you'd love to see more defensive consistency. I still feel like a lot of the stuff we talk about with him this year, especially, is on offense. You know, tonight I felt like he got burned uh, in transition a few times when the Rockets were going off, positioning, gets himself pulled out, the
0: pick and roll, all that stuff. He does. He's- he goes for the block sometimes too and falls out of position and allows yeah. for an easy bucket or a rebound. Sometimes he's got to stay home a little bit. So, yeah, yeah. They, I mean, he still has some discipline issues there but he's they're not as they're not as prevalent as they were in the early stages of his career yeah
1: fouling a little less too which is good i think he only had one tonight in 26 minutes so i mean that's money time come playoffs if he can stay in a game with one or two fouls in 30 minutes that's going to change their playoff hopes drastically
0: and what we didn't realize when the season started is you would not have guessed in a, let's throw Tyson to the mix here that he'd be their best rebounding big, but he's their best rebounding big. He goes up and gets it better than anybody else on this team currently, or who, who they started the season with. Um, and that's, and that's a big deal. You know uh, the rebounding is not an issue on this team. And Rob Williams, is a huge reason for it.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Um, well, a couple of little nuggets for today was funny while we we're talking about big men. Um, how do we go from uh, Mo Wagner, Mo Wagner, the starter to Mo Wagner, uh, garbage time minutes only
1: common sense. I mean, come on. <laughs> oh Lord. That was one of Steven's worst moves of the year. What was the other like puzzling start from earlier in the season that we were just like, what, why is this guy starting? Carson. Yes. Green. Yes, that, that I don't Carson know. After how much, how much time do you
2: have? The yeah. Carson
1: Phoenix one blew up in their face immediately. And so yeah. did this one. I mean, that image, <laughs> that image of Mo, like laying like a dead body after saving the ball that's going to be the image of their season if it goes the wrong direction
0: <laughs> this is by the way three straight games with in a full sort of uh, ca- yeah. uh, caliber plays if you if you if you obviously go smart with the half court heave Wagner with the under the basket save and then Grant Williams <laughs> alley oop <laughs> to nobody today <laughs> but it ended, Dude, up well. it ended I'll
2: say up this it ended up with three I'll say this, Scal nailed that one as it was happening. I think Grant, Grant had the bone on a breakaway and this should be interesting. <laughs> <laughs> and sure enough, Grant yeah. does like a 180 alley-oop to literally nobody. Yeah. And, yeah, you know, that-
1: he, and then the next trip down, or maybe like to start the fourth, he pulled up from, like, 12 feet and got blocked, and it bounced right to Rob, and he scored. So, like, there were three weird assists in a row from – no, they weren't assists, but uh, just three weird plays that ended up in baskets for the Celtics tonight. Like you said, Jimmy, everything went in for this team tonight, 52 percent, 41 from three. Uh, this is – again, it's Houston. Houston's just horrible. But I know. <laughs> you, you do He's, like right? to have a – you like to have a feel-good game for sure. But
2: then, don't you know, – they're horrible but they're horrible and this and the Celtics took care of business. so credit to them because that's this is the type of win that they they needed to have against a bad team. you know you don't want to be grinding it out against these bad teams or or, or even worse losing. So yes, Houston's a bad team and, and the Celtics, you know, the final score would dictate that they you know I'll tell you what it was an entertaining game. I'll, I'll you know score aside. I mean you know, Houston kept it interesting, but the Celtics, I think were comfortably. That second half, you know, they, they were comfortably in, in control. So they they treated this game like a game that you know they wanted to make sure that they made everybody know that they were much much better team than the team that they were playing tonight. Um, but John, to answer your question about Wagner, I mean,
0: it was class- horrible. Cla- Bobby Cla- said it, common sense, but it yeah. was such
2: a bad it was such a bad play that even Bobby turned on Brad last at the end of the show. I mean, that's that's how bad. He played oh, a know,
1: lot God. last game.
2: He did. And, and it's almost like Stevens has made, made that position much more difficult than it needs to be. Because if he just played Rob the way he played him tonight, he's probably not taking half the heat that he's been taking this season. I mean, and Luke. right.
1: Yeah, Luke. Luke's
0: probably oh, better God, than no. here Mo. we go.
2: All right. Give Bobby his Luke time. Because you you I think you went five tweets in a row on Luke. So go on.
0: This is not going to end well for the cor- for the Green Cornet backers. By the way, he's going to. I mean, but anyway, let's let's go. Well, I, I'm I mean,
1: I, I'm it's about four, I'm about four games into watching him at this point. We'll see so, if the rest yeah, so's the
0: rest of, so the, rest <laughs> of the planet. <laughs> yeah, seriously. Nobody knew this so, guy was. Nobody so knew this is- guy was alive before this.
1: Okay? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, I, Brad goes to the stand, and maybe this is just something you say, but he says, "We've been after this guy for a long time," Who? and. Brad. Brad said we've been trying to get this guy. for We've been eyeing him for a long time is, I think, the word he used. Probably back to those Knicks days because he had a big run with the Knicks one year where he was just pick and pop, rim protection, great defense like we're seeing this year from him. And uh, is the shot going to be there? We'll see. But the defense certainly is. He really does protect the rim at 7-2. His footwork's good on that end. And the first days that he was here at his opening press conference, he's like, this team's really using me the way... I need to be used. Like they're just using me in such a great way right now. So again, Thompson's gonna come back and be that backup. But if you do need somebody in that tice role, you wanna spread the floor a little bit more, get more size inside, and maybe Rob runs into some foul trouble. Like this guy actually looks like he can play real minutes, solid minutes. I'm not saying he's tice even or How about uh,
0: <laughs> That's what, the Knicks, that's what
1: the Knicks fans were saying, yeah, when he wanted his little run there. And again, like, no one really knew who he was coming in. We all figured he'd be out the door for the first real bio candidate. But I have a sense that he could be with the team beyond this year. Like, he's a really useful role player. He's such a
2: Brad Stevens, like, player. He's just like tall, goofy, white, boring player. And just like. Whatever. I mean, if he does his thing, he does his thing. I'm not like rooting against the guy, but I was surprised to see we him all, out there. I, think, I was surprised I think we to see all, him out there tonight on Good Friday. I was we surprised. all,
1: <laughs> We all owe him an apology, Cam, I think, because he can play. Hell like, no. Out, I'm no. not there yet. No, no. i <laughs> not there no.
2: yet. Dude, I mean, listen. He's fine. He's fine. I'd rather Why not I, even be fine. Honestly, Rob played 26 tonight. I would have rather Rob played 30
1: and
2: 30-whatever. Hey, 30, 30 and Cornette throw, throw, plays less.
1: Throw it back to 2017. Danny Ainge signs this guy named Daniel Tice out of Germany. Like last days of free agency. Don't you Throws dare him in there as the to. third center. Well again, did you know who Tice was when he came here? Did you think he was ever going to do anything for this team? And by year 3, he's the starting center here. Like this guy could be developed and fit well in the system. And I, he won't become the starter as long as Rob's here. But if he could be the backup big next year, they thir- a good third string big. It's a real nice addition for a guy who's going to walk out the door and tice. I mean, we all looked at that tice trade and said, Oh, they got nothing for tice. It was just a salary dump. Well, it looks like they might've got a little something. I don't know. Here's what I, I'll, I'll say. I'm not if, ready to say that yet. If
2: Cornette shows up on Sunday with like a fade and he changes, <laughs> and he changes like his socks and he just like, I don't know, looks cooler. Then maybe I'll start to like. Get... Did you
1: get a peek at his shoes? I saw some people making fun of his shoes.
2: Yeah, it looks like he just like. I'm surprised he didn't warm up in slacks. Like he just seems like that type of guy. Like so, yeah, he needs to like. He needs to get a stylist in every sense of the word, and maybe maybe I'll start start to believe in him a little bit more. But no, I mean, all joking aside, he's definitely impressed me based on what what I've seen. I I'm like like everybody else. I I didn't know anything about this guy or expect him to even sniff the court. So the fact that he's getting legitimate minutes, hitting threes or, you know, whatnot, that's fine. Do I still want him taking them? No. Do I still want him being I have a single play play drawn for him? Obviously, no. If he's going to go out there and spell minutes and play in place of a Wagner, if Wagner can't figure it out, or Thompson, because Thompson's apparently you know, out of the rotation or off the team, then fine. But Anything more than that is, you know, Thompson was th- here tonight. thinking. I saw yeah. I I heard, I heard that he was, yeah.
0: Yeah. I mean but. honestly they need they need him back to have that banger uh, right now. Uh, cuz I don't want to see a lot of cornette minutes, but sure, I think if right. Thompson slides into the 15-18 minutes off the bench sort of thing and if Grant plays in the small ball five role yeah, and you're then not you have Cornet cornette there if and when you need it. I guess live with it. Um, you won't, but, How
2: will you see Cornette anymore once Thompson comes back?
0: You know, I don't know. We'll see. I mean, the, the, the Thompson, and, <laughs> unless, uh, the Thompson and the Romeo getting... absences, I mean, those guys were out. I've been out a long friggin' time with this. So I don't know long how long it's going to take them to get back.
2: And The thing is, like, they act like they're working Romeo back to, like, a 25-minute – like, this guy's probably barely going to sniff the court once he returns, so – yeah. He must, be really, he must be really out of shape if he can't go two minutes.
0: <laughs> yeah.
1: Yeah, yeah I, I think I think there's real health stuff here too that they're trying to learn and work through because again. They said he get cleared all his
2: all, all his cardiovasculars clear. Yeah, but that's conditioning. like conditioning.
1: But that's like Eduardo Rodriguez stuff. Like if you find something there, shut them down for well, the Well, They didn't um, say that. No, I'm saying that's why they check that. Like, if if something comes up there, then it's like, all right, we might have to shut this down. So he gets through that. Then you just have to say, like, can he play and feel good? Can he play and have no complications? Because I can't imagine this team, like Tatum, marching out to the pressers saying, "Oh, I'm not feeling good. Like my breathing's off," and like having that fall back on the Celtics because we know that they have a little history there when it comes to you know players having some issues with injuries and other things health and all that stuff so again i think this is a learning process for every team in the league the league itself like what's the best way to bring a player back yeah
2: but i mean these guys specifically compared to other guys in the league who and i'm not comparing one illness to the other but they have been out for a really long time yeah and they are based on what brad has said i mean they are you know healthy in terms of coming back from like they're not dealing with Complications that that they've told us. I mean, it's just all they're saying is, yeah, they're just we're just getting them back into shape. So what I'm saying is, maybe they did get hit pretty hard with it, where they you know they lost whether it was wind, muscle, weight, or whatever it was, and now they're trying to get it back. It's just it just you know, it's a lot. Obviously, yeah,
1: no, it's a complicated situation. I think. Like sports in general is just trying to learn what's the best way to do that. Cause I think we've seen so many players that are just screwed up by it. And I think it's a real thing. Like the impact on the lungs is going to be an impact on the athlete.
0: And who knows? Maybe they should have kept Tatum out longer. Yeah. How long does it take you to get into basketball shape even when you're playing and practicing? Quite a bit. If you, uh, you know, you, you, Romeo just worked his way back and then literally couldn't do anything for a month. So, I mean, you just fall right out of shape, whether or not that, the, uh, you know, he's got COVID lung or, you know, really adverse effects off of being ill. Right. He's just got to get back into it. He said, yeah, we don't even played. know if he
2: does yet. Yeah. He we have he no idea. Right. The
0: saddest thing was the Celtics, uh, the Celtics uh, public relations department has a private Twitter account, which if you're a member of the media, you sign up for. So they send you your tweets and that's how we get our information for who's in, who's out. And then everybody disseminates it everywhere. And two days ago, they put out a tweet. Uh, and they just included Tristan Thompson is being out and Semi Ojale is out and everybody was like oh, Romeo and, <laughs> if a player is questionable with an injury or something they usually list him Don't them be on there yeah He was questionable
1: the day before yeah
0: But if you're not on the list at all it usually means you're cleared so everyone yeah. was like Romeo's back oh and then the <laughs> next the next day they put him right back on there as out, which means yeah. <laughs> which means they literally forgot he existed. They just <laughs> they just the Celtics forgot. Are they're like, oh yeah, of course this dude's oh, out. Okay. We're still
2: pretending this guy is with the team, and he had, and he didn't disappear last year. We're yeah. still going with that. Lie so the like
0: weekend that, yeah. of Bernie's uh, theory with uh, <laughs> yeah. the weekend
2: with, at Romeo's is still going very strong right that now. Jimmy yeah.
0: has is very true. Hey, Jimmy, you sent me a text thread today from somebody who uh, who's, who who theorized. Thread. That, that during the the locker room <laughs> meltdown when Marcus Smart got really mad that he actually murdered Romeo and they've been trying to hide it and cover it up. You know every what soon? he needs.
2: You know what <laughs> he. I want to find it. that. Yeah. <laughs> <You> know, <laughs> I want to give that guy credit for that text because it was pretty funny. Right, wait, wait, I, don't,
1: I don't. know if they're going to do it this year. They're, they're tossing it back and forth, but if they do a summer league this year, he's going to go out there and just kill everybody. Like he's just going to go out there with the rookies in do you Vegas play and just is like a
0: twenty-seven-year-old.
1: Hey, they sent James Young his third fourth year or something like I that. And, I guess how did that if, turn
0: out? If, if I can't read it. No, I'm just so
1: oh.
2: people at home can see that the the account is clapped, Kevin. I don't know what that means. I don't want to know, but what happened to Romeo Langford? A threat. and then he goes into this wild <laughs> this wild um story it, of what he thinks actually happened. I, mean, I I should just read it. It was it's like a knife,
0: it was like a knives out sort of murder mystery. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I should
2: read it, but Maybe I will. Okay, I'm gonna read it. goes. He was injured in the bubble, but the team kept him in there so he could gain valuable experience. After a game versus the Heat, Marcus Smart accidentally hit Romeo Langford with a chair and killed him during the team scuffle in the bubble. The one a.m. <laughs> meeting was to discuss the matter and hide the body. Marcus Smart stormed out because Brad and Danny have him have him an alibi to clear his name. They're now using COVID. They're now using COVID to justify. His cause of death, despite the overwhelming proof that Marcus Smart is a murderer, and then just some other ridiculous stuff. But that's that's the theory right now. And honestly, there's some teeth to it because we we other than the all other than the hologram of of Romeo in warm ups a couple of days ago, we don't we don't know we don't know much about his existence right now.
0: Right, it was total green screen. If you play it back, his his like leg disappears for a portion of it. <laughs> If you play it
2: back backwards, it says it says that story.
0: I buried Paul. Um, yeah, it's that's uh, unreal. It is unreal. The other sad moment of the day, so that was one sad thing, was that the Celtics forgot he, he was alive, so they didn't even include him on his injury report. The other sad thing was uh, Smith again coming out today in garbage time, which, again, it is what it is. I'm not going to get on my Smith rant, But he's running around the court, and the entire – the all 2,000 people at that point, Bobby, and you're, you're in there so you can attest to it, are uh, clearly wanting – taco to, to shoot and taco gets the ball on the high screen and everyone's roaring for taco to score and then they he passes it to smith who jacks and misses a three and everyone's like oh you know like <laughs> They didn't even want him to shoot a garbage time three. They're like, no, can you just give it to Taco and get out of the way? That's, I mean, that's right, I, I right, right. Feel bad for him.
1: Poor Avery Bradley, too, was
2: in garbage time. Too, garbage time his career. Yeah. Garbage time in the Houston Rockets.
0: Oof. People were talking about a little bit on the thread, and they talked about it in the broadcast as well. Oh, seems the a, Celtics a, killed him. Seems an unlikely buyout candidate for the people who are wondering whether or not he's coming here. And again, I. That's the type of big I would absolutely welcome because, again, someone who can shoot and someone who could run with that second-unit offense, I would love I would love to have Olenek minutes in there. Absolutely. Yeah. But what um, was the
2: reason they gave, like, oh, Kelly's not going to give up any money to... to...
0: Manik said on the down low that he, people are telling him Olenek's oh, not taking a buyout. He's, right. He's like, you, Scal you had can some buy me weird for...
2: response that nobody understood.
0: Yeah, he was like, you could buy me out for the full oh, value Scal... of my contract, but that's about it. Yeah. Scal
2: thinks they can get
1: anyone. I mean, Olenek... Like that's really their return for Harden, <laughs> like him and Dante Exum. They gotta keep him, and he's a good player, and he's a nice rotation player in this league. He's not a buyout guy, so they'll probably keep him for like thirteen million or something, ten
0: million. And these guys were guessing he's getting three and thirty-five. You know, so I mean, yeah. I, you
1: know. So like, if the Celtics could have gotten him, you will get him and then keep him for years. Like that would have been a halt, uh, like heist to get Kelly Olynyk out of buyout season. Like for all the reasons we've talked about with the bio market those you don't yeah. see guys like that cuz they don't get bought out they're too good.
0: Someone's putting it out here but again I think Grant grant best case scenario is like a is a version of Olinick um with you know a little bit more beef to him you know it can be it can bang a little bit more. Um uh, but that's kind of what you want to see out of him is somebody who can knock down the 3 uh and be more of a versatile type of four. I don't four. see
1: it. Olenek dribble. Olenek passed a little bit. Uh, Olenek had up. a
0: sneaky first step. He really yeah. did. He could get by people because he had that long, almost like Paul Pierce. Like I know people are going to bury that comparison, but it really was. He Take him lull, off. The show. He would lull you to sleep with that long, big first step, and 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 get into the paint. And he could get he he, he could get by you. He uh, was an
1: important, part, probably an underrated part at this point of those Isaiah
0: teams. I, I like, I was always an Olympic guy. I think the. the I think he the was knock properly on, rated. The knock on Olympic was that he went before Giannis in that draft. But actually, for where he was picked, he's a successful NBA player for that slot. Yeah, he, it wasn't he, he Yabu wasn't Sai. A yeah. yeah,
1: we do not became- say that name. He probably became their sixth man for those years. Like once Isaiah moved to the starting lineup and honestly, I don't think people are going to forget that game seven for a long time going on to send them to these finals. I like yeah, everyone had this vision of what he could be. Like if he met his potential and for about like three or four years, people were just waiting and waiting and waiting. And like the up fakes against no one. And just like the, He'd have zero points then like 15 points, but then out of nowhere in a game seven, he goes out, hits every three, roaring to the rim, 28 points and send them to the East finals. Like that was one of the weirdest things that happened last decade, but one of the best things.
0: And then, so we'll, we'll switch to this because we did want to talk about it. Uh, Isaiah Thomas, um, signing, uh, uh, with the Pelicans. Um, and, uh, what do you guys think about it? I'm pumped for him. I mean, listen, the Pelicans are like ravaged
2: with injuries, so the I think they they literally had to sign somebody to meet a requirement by the NBA for like active players. So honestly, Isaiah Thomas, I think he deserves another obviously, I think he definitely deserves a chance in this league to show what he can still do. I mean, we don't have to rehash what he you know, what he meant to those Celtics teams, you know, a few years back and I think there's a connection there between him and the fans that, you know, he could move. He can move back to. You know, he seems like one of those guys that could like join the Celtics organization. You know, if it didn't end the way it did, anyways, he could join the Celtics organization and be set for life here in Boston. I think that's how much he's loved by the fans here. Uh, and I still think he's got something left in him. i really. I was. I was kind of surprised that it took him. Took him this long to to find a team, especially on something like a 10 day. I mean, I mean, what's what's the risk there? I mean, I think this. There was. A, there was a stretch where I thought the Celtics could have used a spark and could have used a an energy boost, and I still think that they that they could use that. I mean, there's plenty of games where they're, you know, moping around and playing with no energy, and I think Isaiah Thomas is, is you know, the definition of those things. But, you know, they didn't want to bury Carson or Tremont Waters and, you know, some of these younger guys, and that would have happened if they if they brought him on. So I, well, I guess reality, I see it, but
0: – Yeah. The reality but is good for he's, him. he's just been so wildly uh, inefficient and ineffective uh, post-hip injury that, like – you know you you know what a you know what a like detriment he is. Um, but let's see
2: it. I mean, it's it's kind. I mean, he. I think he's had a, another surgery since, and like he's gone through the whole rehab and all this stuff. I mean, I, all I'm saying that I think. I mean, g- good on the Pelicans. Hopefully, he can get some playing time. I don't know if he will, but I think he deserves the opportunity to show that you know whether or not he can or cannot play in the league. So good, good on them. Yeah.
1: Yeah. I, the league has moved so fast since he was an MVP level player. We talk about like two thousand and eight, but even twenty seventeen to twenty twenty one, the way this league has gone to a place where pretty much every team has five guys who can, you know, execute a swish, get the matchup they want, and just scorch it, it's tough to be five nine or whatever he is, especially at this stage in his career, because literally
0: the other team will go at him every possession. That's and the problem. There's really
1: there's no way
0: around that. It's it's I mean, look, we saw it here with Boston, obviously, in 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 a, in a year in which he finished top five in the MVP voting. But I mean, every year since then, the problem with him is that you know that year he, he he scores almost thirty points a game. He was so dynamic on offense, you could live with that. Him getting absolutely torched and abused on the defensive every year since his, I mean, he's shooting like. 30 something i mean i mean terrible percentages from the field it, it's it's i mean it's dreadful 35 36% from the field 25% 30% from 3 he's just not he, he hasn't performed on the offensive end nearly enough to justify uh yeah. contract it's not surprising to me i just i do think we get stuck in this <laughs> a lot of people do is Anyway, we did it a little bit with Tristan this year. Yeah, and, and I, it's not a great comparison, but you always remember that we did it with Jeff Teague, is a better example. You remember the memory of a player as opposed to what they actually are today. Oh, I remember this guy a couple of years ago. He could really score. You know, we, we, if we could unlock a version of that. In many cases, that version is gone. And in Isaiah, I think that version is long gone. You think yeah. it is, but
2: uh, that's what I'm saying. Like, let's, you know, uh, and again, I'm like- rooting for him. Yeah, I mean, I just think he deserves the opportunity to, to – sh- I mean, based on what, what – at him at his peak was – I mean, that's the most fun Celtics fans have had since, you know, obviously since the KG era and, and everything like that. So it's it's hard for me to just say that he's got nothing left in the tank. So, I mean, I'm going to be interested to see how he can play. I agree with what Bobby said. You know, things do move fast and everyone wants to switch. And, you know, they're they're playing with, you know, five tight ends out there now and all this stuff. So, like, I get it. But I mean, at the end of the day, this guy could fill up could fill up the bucket. I mean, he could score. Well, that's a good
1: question. Could he have done better in the Teague role to start this year than Teague did?
0: Probably. I I mean, Teague was absolutely horrific to start. Everybody wants again. That's a good. That's a good second guess there. I don't think was so bad. But here's the thing: I don't think people are stupid. Okay, there's a reason. I do. I don't think all thirty teams are stupid. Like there's no way a guy is sitting out there for the entire season and everybody passes. And it's like, Oh, if I just signed, if you're the Celtics, you clearly know that this is, you have to have Isaiah's agent is calling here every day saying, come on, what do you think? Here's a clip of him playing, you know, Isaiah said as much. Yeah. You know, he's basically said like, I, I, I mean, Isaiah flat out right. said, "Like it's I've done. knocked on that door a lot, and, and right. they obviously don't want me here. Like it's the Celtics didn't just miss something, okay?" Right.
2: And then Brad Stevens, you know, says what he has to say to the media today, like, "Oh, you know, I'm sure we'll have a long, long career and all that stuff." It's like, well, nobody believes you, yeah, because like you had your chance, no, but and, uh, you know. Clearly, John, you know. John,
1: would you have taken him over Teague? I I, I don't in you know,
2: hindsight or or yeah in hindsight
0: in hindsight yeah I think in hindsight
2: absolutely because you already know what you got out of Teague which was next I don't to think
0: nothing. so I think sentimentally yes I actually think you know what we saw from Teague the two three games before he was traded if you got even if you got a version of that the rest of the way you would have had a usable John still loves Teague <laughs> I don't love Teague but the version you saw near the end was a more confident player who was doing things who was taking it to the basket who was getting to the free throw line who was you know a, a more dynamic offensive player uh than I think Isaiah can be at this point in his career. Peak Isaiah, of course, it's not even close. I just, I just don't think you're getting it. So I, yeah, I'd love. You're I, not I going to get a, peak well, Isaiah, but he's, yeah, yeah, had, it, I think he's a good locker group. watching, watching guy. a team than we had with that team. That's the best. That's the best team since 2008. Okay, that was the most right. fun. Of course, you want to see if you can capture a bit of that magic. I just, Plus, yeah, you feel for the guy and you love the guy because he left it all out there. I mean, I, everybody wants to see it work here. I, right. I. But it's it's the same thing when they, like, remake a movie 10 years later, 15 years later, and I'm like, I don't want to see that movie. I just want to remember the movie the way I liked it before. Like, I didn't want to see the second Zoolander. I, you know, like, just – that let's was a just, bad
2: that was a bad sequel. But let's just let but Home them- Alone 2 was sweet though. So you just, you never know. You just <laughs> yeah. never know.
0: But if if the sequel comes out right after, you don't want ever want to see a sequel if you waited 10, 12 years for it, because that's a force. So I think Isaiah yeah. here would have been Zoolander 2. Like just I don't want to watch it. I just want to remember the good version of it and then leave it at that. And if he came back here, I think it would be bad. It would fail miserably. And and then you'd you'd remember that instead of the good stuff.
2: My only rebuttal to that is don't don't downplay. I think Isaiah I think Isaiah Thomas is a, is a very good personality, a good locker room guy. He has a history of playing with smart. I think that he could have done some things maybe in the locker room to maybe keep the spirits up higher because it, from all accounts it sounds like everyone's, you know, everyone's been down and out at multiple points throughout the year and Isaiah Thomas, you know, has always come across as a positive guy and a guy that's going to you know look at the glass half full and and give you know give it his all out there. He's never been a guy that at least I've watched. Well, that that's an out, interesting out dynamic too. Stuff.
1: Uh, so T comes in here and he's pretty quiet. He just of course does he's a new thing. guy. Yeah. yeah. Could Isaiah have come in here as the 15th man and gotten that welcome, like, oh, the King's back. It's his team, like him holding court. I don't know. That would have been awkward to me. I, I, I That might have actually done more harm than good in the room, probably. Like if this guy who just never played, which ultimately would have been his role, they probably would have done double big, smart, all that stuff, sprinkled in Thomas occasionally. If he was going to be the one talking about the issues with the team and what we need to do and this and that, that probably would have rubbed some people the wrong way just because of how small his role would have been here again, Teague didn't even come in here and play point guard every night. So Thomas certainly would not have, like he would have been off the bench situationally and probably just getting very limited minutes, which as John said, would that have had any impact on this team? Cause Teague's impact was minimal, but minimal is better than nothing. I don't know. There's a chance Thomas could have done nothing for this team. Uh, yeah. So- not just
0: nothing, but then, you know, you'd feel, you'd feel bad, you know, he's, you know, People would be clamoring for him to play. If he did, yeah, know, that's the one oh
1: thing. My lord, the fans would. Yeah, that's a tough position to put a coach in. Yeah, Like play
0: that's him. That's the
2: play one play him, thing. Him, is him, when know, Kemba just, struggles, you start to hear the Isaiah Thomas. You know, people yeah, Right. Saying, "Why don't
0: you you know, start know, it? Put Kemba." Well,
2: John, I mean, you you want to freaking start anybody but Kemba? So you would have been the first guy no, saying, "Start I Isaiah." Just,
0: I just think there's. But you a, would have said, "Why won't Brad just just try? It. Just throw point. Isaiah out
2: there? Why not start Isaiah?"
0: I think there's a version of the team that could work with Kemba. Was, look, it, this goes back to okay, I'll bring it back to the Kemba discussion we had earlier tonight, which was not a Kemba no, bashing. I'm just
2: using that as an example. Uh, but
0: I'm going to say it again, this actually tonight is a good is a good uh launching point for this discussion where is it crazy to think that you could play a three-wing lineup with Smart with with Rob and Smart to start that's all around better defensively. Just don't, don't, don't say no yet, Bobby. Not yet. No, I'm saying it's awesome. (laughs) Like that's what I've been waiting for all year. And so here's, what's the knock on Kemba with, with Tatum and Brown out there, those guys are more alphas. He's got to be deferential. And when he does get involved, it's usually at their expense and you get this, my shot, your shot sort of offense. Is there a world in which you take him out of the starting lineup just because, and you're going to play that three wing lineup uh, with smart and with Williams, crazy switchable, um, you know, a much better defensive lineup, having smart run the point and acting strictly as a distributor as he did tonight, put Kemba in that second unit and say, bombs away, kiddo, you know, go for it. Like, don't worry about who's out there. When you're out there, you just friggin' gun it and you be you, you be Kemba. Is that terrible? I don't think so. I'm just throwing it out there as, as something to consider to mix, to mix things up a little bit. I, 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 that's only why I mentioned Kemba. And tonight actually is a decent snapshot for you know the, the type of the, the the type of lineups that could theoretically work and why that might not be a terrible thing. So I, I'm I'm still going to throw it out there. I would never clamor for Pritchard being the starter or it if he were here. I just wonder if he could be that instant offense with a second unit. That's all. And 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 shoot with impunity and not worry that he's taking the ball away from the, from the stars and worried about his role that he could just play. Free Kemba basketball. There's
2: it's a not chance.
0: Terrible. It, there's a chance he'd accept
1: it. There's a chance it could be. I, it's I the just, stigma. Yeah, I don't. Yeah, I don't like the idea you of a guy you have to who's already
0: score twenty points a game. So it's much. not a terrible thing. It's come off the bench and be instant offense. This is your role. now? Your job. You have one job. Here's what you're good at. You're a scorer. So come off the bench and score. Like just do it. Don't worry about being a facilitator. Don't worry about playing off the ball. Don't worry about a lot of different things. Just score. That's what you do best. And you're you're talking about putting people in the best positions to succeed. I don't think it's a terrible idea. So I I would consider it. I, I would consider it.
2: It's not a terrible idea. It's just it's just the I think it's the optics of it. Uh, you know, when they're struggling, all of a sudden you move the starting point guard to the bench, and now you know I think Kemba Kemba is probably the type of guard that would that would accept it because by all accounts he's you know positive guy and you know gonna do what's best for the team and all those things so maybe maybe he would accept it but I think there's a lot of pride that goes along with being the starting point guard and you know I don't think he's just going to accept all of a sudden he's the backup and oh yeah here Kemba yeah No, no 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 just do your thing yeah just we want to put you here because we want you to score more so Come off the bench. I just, I I mean, you just said, uh, I don't think people are stupid, is what you just said like 10 minutes ago. I don't don't think Kemba Walker is stupid either. Uh, You throw it any way you want. It's a demotion.
0: You throw the ball moving smart on the ball more. He's already taken a demotion in the sense of. He's basically told, you're $37 million, but you're the third fiddle on this team, and I want you to defer to these guys. When he's out there, he's already essentially demoted because he has to be a lesser version of himself. He has to be deferential to the stars of the team. So he's accepting – He's accepting a different role. This to me is liberating. It's not. It's not. It's. it's like, not this emotional.
2: isn't rec league either. They're not subbing five guys out at a time. Yeah, it's just that's like a manning good point. The second unit. Like, it's he's not going to be playing with the same dudes. This is a matter of whether he's starting or not. It's so. not. But
0: again, it's it's Play minutes. Weird. Yeah, you're going to have fewer minutes on the court with Tatum and Brown at the same time, which is again, I think, ultimately the key. Is to have two of those guys out there at most times, but now when you have Fournier out there, you don't have to worry about that as much. So you can run a second unit that has Fournier bleeding in into that second unit, and then Tatum coming back in at the bottom of Q two, a quarter one, rolling into the second with a Tatum Kemba combination, and all of a sudden it's not as bad. You have different; you can mix it up a little bit. Again, I don't think it's the craziest thing in the world and then you you mess around you know with rotations as the game goes along and give the game what it needs but i like it as a second unit jolt and i do think it's potentially liberating for kemba so i it's uh, you know i'm not giving up on that point altogether don't give up on it
2: don't (laughs) don't ever give up
1: the defense has actually essentially had the same (laughs) defensive rating with him on the floor versus off the floor so uh, uh, that's a tribute to how bad the team has played Across the board on defense, defense I don't is think, dead, Bobby. Yeah, I don't think the defense. I don't, know if you heard. <laughs> I don't think the defensive upside would be worth what it would be to lose his offense on the court for more extended minutes during the course of a game. You lose some rhythm with him there too, probably by him not starting. He has to come off the bench, shake off some rust, get a few shots going. Like you know, we saw in when he was limited by uh, his minutes limit early in the year. That had a pretty. Poor effect on his game and his output, and what he was able to do out there. I will say this, though, because it relates closely to something I was keeping an eye on tonight. Because I knew the Rockets were going to put a Linux out there with wood, try to go double big, lure the Celtics into playing some bigger lineups. But Celtics played pretty true to themselves when it came to having like a bunch of wings out there. They didn't go small, small again, like we saw against that New Orleans late, which I loved. But there's some real potential for some awesome small ball combinations on this team now. If Grant can get back to center and start playing well there. I I like the team going in that direction. If that's what they're going to do, Kemba, Tatum, Brown, Fournier, even Smart, who I think could maybe play a little bit of center for this team as he
0: did later. in You could do Smart, three wings, and Grant in that lineup. You could do Smart, three wings, and Rob if you wanted to. But you're right. If you want to stretch it, Grant has to be that small ball five in there. Uh, there's a world in which you play two, in which you play Kemba Smart and just three wings, and completely eschew, you know, just completely give up on anything resembling a big. Where Tatum is your center, you know, whatever Smart's basically your center. Um, you can play that lineup too. And it, 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 I, again, this is what getting that third wing type player does for you. And these are the types of things we saw when they had Hayward before, where you have this lineup flexibility that they just didn't now have. That,
1: that lineup looks a little better with Gordon instead of smart though, it,
0: which of course. Yeah. Bigger. Of course, it does. It's just, it's, it's again, it's the type of the type of game and the type of lineups that Brad wants to run out there. Uh, you're the, the possibility exists again before it didn't because you're forced to play Grant in places he's not supposed to play or semi more minutes than he should be playing, and it was just ugly. I mean, how many times is again? Why is this guy starting? Like, you know, he's been bad.
1: Like, again, it's getting to the point where, like, it's not just about him being miscast or playing on the wing more stuff like that. Like, he's just been legitimately worse as a player Ooh. this year. Grant, yeah, gross. which is tough. Like, he, yeah. he's he's gotten worse. His shots been better, but everything else you see the passing, the defense, all that stuff, uh, rebounding too. He had some real solid games last year. I well, think people forget, but not
0: many at all this year. I he, well, he he has a lot of games where he makes next to no impact um, yeah. at all, and, and there's a lot where you look at the box score and you're like, what night again, do? did he do anything tonight? Nothing, next, like, next to nothing. I, had, I mean, not a lot, except for the you know the alley oop to Tatum, which was something. I think he hit a three. Oh, uh, <laughs> uh, he know. might have thrown an alley oop to
1: Rob too. So he had a few good. He passes did. He did. That. He did. He
0: had one good pass to Rob. Yeah. Uh, so.
1: That's pretty much it off this game. Have one you guys three, watched one
0: good pass to Rob? That's it. Yeah, that was it. Have you guys have you guys watched the Nuggets? Yeah, they're really good with this guy Gordon, who I think the Celtics were. Yeah, who's that? But...
1: Yeah, they've been dominant. It's been uh, it's been tough to watch. And again, I labor because do the Celtics have Jokic and Jokic unlocking his game?
0: They got Rob.
1: Not okay. Yeah. And, be... and consider yourself grateful. They have the future Jokic. But yeah, I ruled the I ruled Denver dead a few weeks ago, and they look more alive than ever now. So credit to them for getting aggressive there, yeah, making a big move.
2: Didn't was it you who said their windows? They missed their window. Yeah, I truly and believed we like, it. We were like, wait, what? You
0: are the king of early declarations, huh? <laughs> yeah. yeah, That's that what a good deadline
1: move can do for you. Look at Miami last year. The kings of the deadline often end up being the kings at the or, you know close to kings at the end of the year. Uh, so. Glad the Celtics did something, but I think we might look back on that and say there was potential to do a little bit more. But it's a tough call. I'm not ruling either way on that one. We'll just see how it plays out. Yeah. All right. Uh, Jimmy, any
0: final thoughts? We'll wrap it up.
2: No, but you, well, you texted me something about the Celtics came into the, came in tonight as the eighth seed and like two games ahead in the. I said
0: they're, they're two games out from being uh, <laughs> the, the eighth worst team in the league. Okay.
2: Okay. That was really. Just a, that was just a fun. A fun in the lost column. Fact. When you're uh, saying
0: they can't fall too far, mm-hmm. you know, they can.
2: He you was know, nipping on their heels now as those Pacers.
0: Right Good the thing they seed, won the night too.
1: Well, the Raptors won by like sixty tonight, so they're the real team that's like holding the last spot of not being in the playoffs at all.
0: Yeah, I mean they're they're thirty losses. The Celtics are twenty five in the eighth seed. They're five back in the loss column. You know, even yeah. with tonight, so. Again,
1: its I know you want to see some tanking, John, but it's tough. When other teams start unloading, uh, that makes it really hard. And the Raptors lost a few key guys at the deadline.
0: I don't want to see tanking. I'm saying if the Celtics didn't make the playoffs, it wouldn't be the worst thing in the world. That's all. It'd be depressing because covering a crap team that isn't playing for anything sucks. Um, and we wouldn't get to talk about the playoffs. We wouldn't get to do these shows in the we playoffs. We don't even get to do a series. Yeah. We wouldn't get to do anything, which would be a real bummer because we had a ton of fun doing this in the playoffs. So naturally I'd right. rather talk about something real. I'm talking about long-term, uh, you know, welfare of this team, the if they find their way into the lottery, wouldn't be the worst thing. So. If,
1: if, they, <laughs> if they were in the play-in against the Pacers and they lose in that one game, we'd have to come on here and do an apology camp for Jimmy. Yeah. The Pacers are great. Uh, be like, Oh, can Romeo, how's he going to look in summer league? And then start talking about the
0: draft. That'll be great. <laughs> nope. You, you do that. I'm going to switch gears and start talking about football.
2: <laughs> yeah. I'm
0: going, I'm going into, yeah, I'm, I'm switching sports. Going cam, like...
2: cam mode.
0: Yeah. Well, oh, good on
1: Sunday ahead. We can really actually take something from that game uh, unless Hayward's sitting out, then maybe a little less, but the Hornets have been so fun to watch. We haven't seen them yet this year and if Hayward comes back and Roger playing the way he has, I think he was just a player of the week last week. Uh, they're going to be coming out here gunning, trying to kill this team. I know Olinic kind of looked at the Celtics bench a little bit during the game, but those guys will really be looking at the Celtics bench as former teammates of these guys.
0: Yeah. 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 Ro- People Ro- are already Ro- talking here. about Patriots mock draft, by the way. Justin Fields just went to the Patriots in a, in a recent draft. Like, I think it was McShay's draft. People are starting to freak yeah. out.
1: 15.
2: That's, I just can't that's see him such falling clickbait. that far. Yeah, yeah, I know. I just can't every, see Every
0: it. mock draft has one of the guys falling to 15 or the Patriots trading up to like 10, 11 to get them. Right. It's not happening. Quarterbacks are, going, quarterbacks are going 1, 2, 3, 4, 6 this year probably. Because they,
2: they know Patriots fans are all over those mocks, and when they see a quarterback, well, they're going to click on it. And, all you know, over. And so, trick themselves into believing it. That's what we do.
1: Patriots now the aren't Patriots getting... should have tanked.
0: Yes, that's so nice. if, if the Patriots didn't win that Jets game, they'd be about three or four picks better right now, and climbing from maybe eleven to eight. Well, what were they possible.
1: gonna? What were they gonna do? Drag the tenth guy or the thirteenth guy on the field goal unit off the field on the other side? Like the Jets, they were the kings of the tank last year. There was no you way.
0: they did. Just put, just you know, send it Stidham been, out there and tell it it him to would, throw lefty. They sh- <laughs> Exactly.
2: They have just played. Stinema the Jets would have sent
0: eleven. They would have done an all-out blitz. That <laughs> Jets game still haunts me. Oh my god. Um, anyway, for anybody out there checking it out, the Patriots fans are certainly several in the thread here. Orlovsky,
2: um, he has to. He had to eat his words today. Who? Orlovsky took some heat. He he went on. Uh, he went on a podcast and and said that um, Fields. You know, he heard that Fields wasn't a hard worker. And then he got a lot of heat for that. And then he actually had to apologize, I think, today or yesterday about it. So, yeah,
1: yeah. they got in trouble with the trope thing there. It gets tricky with the, you know, black quarterbacks. It's a lot of tropes that get thrown around about them.
0: I I don't understand whether people here listen or they just post stuff, whatever. I don't think the Patriots are getting a quarterback. None of us do. You guys got I didn't say they're getting Fields. Um, But, um,
2: oh, I hope they get Mac Jones or Fields. That'd be unreal.
0: Yeah, but but they're not. I don't know if they will. They won't. Um,
2: they I won't. want to give
0: a shout out to one of our
1: listeners, Soapy, who had me on his uh, podcast. He watches every show. Uh, they got a podcast called the Morse Code Podcast. And we had a really funny conversation about like the biggest Celtics bloopers of the year and uh, like sports bloopers in general. And what I forgot was that Jets all a blitz to tank last year. That was just, that was one of my, the funniest plays I've ever seen against he the Raiders. He said he was going
2: to have me on his podcast. On I was. His podcast um, too. So you must be cheating on me with you. There'll
1: be a spot coming. Nick was on there.
2: So
0: Nick, Nick, well, then I think I'll i do not want to be on it then. I will I tell you want, no. I guess I will, everyone's on it. I will tell you this I was covering the Jets I was covering the Jets game in the Meadowlands. I think it was was it Thanksgiving the butt fumble? That was yep.
2: Thanksgiving. I was in the I was, I was in the
0: office. I was at the game uh, covering the Thanksgiving game uh, with the butt fumble, and that was one of the funniest scenes in a press box I've ever been around. You should have heard the office erupt. Oh, my God, because everyone saw it in real – it's a pretty good vantage point there, and everybody saw it in real time. And then everyone's (laughs) looking around to each other, and they're like, wait a second. And then as soon as you see the the monitors in the press box in the real Uh, time, everyone – like the New York writers just have their their, – the New England writers are literally laughing openly just picturing just like holding their heads like there's
1: there's no cheering in the press box but there's laughing
0: absolutely changed a ton there's way more Yahooism in the press box than there used to be when i went you know i I told the story about my first red sox game in 98 and again it was buttoned up baseball writers yeah it was it's yeah it's still like that it's
2: still like that at fenway
0: and it's still right. It was really buttoned up. And then you go other places and you'd be like, you know, especially football when they started letting radio guys in and this and that, and they're frigging roaring. And, and, you know, so it's, it's different, but in that was hilarious. The butt fumble. Oh was, man. As, yeah. Know, that was that was, unreal. You know, moment. which another That's one I mentioned thing I've seen. That's my favorite blooper I've ever seen live.
1: That was funny. But what I laughed more at was the Colts fake punt on Monday night. I oh, think it was hilarious. That good. Oh. That was oh. Funny. That was like,
2: (laughs) because you were like, what are they? Wait, what what are are they they doing? doing? And then they did it. You're like, wait, what? I don't know. Snap it, I
0: guess.
1: (laughs) Oh, great. (laughs) And you know, the Celtics have added to our list. I'll be watching that Marcus Smart half court shot for a long time. The only thing is, though, when when the season's not going well, it's not as funny.
2: Right. Yeah. The Patriots Patriots fans could laugh at everything over the last 20 years because they were always in the driver's seat. Now, it's last season, I don't think there were too many moments of laughter. But we won't, we won't relive last season.
0: No, no, no. So, um, again, we'll wrap it up. But anybody, again, uh, out here, uh, if you are interested in football, um, we just did uh, – Evan Lazar and uh, Alex Barth did a mock draft on Patriots Beat Live. They'll be doing those every week. Uh, didn't get a quarterback this time around at all. Jesus. Uh, uh, just that's how the draft broke. You don't get they, – they, they didn't get one in the first they traded their second round pick up into the first round to get a tackle, and then there was nothing left. The cupboard was bare. So I kind of agree who with that. What are they
2: doing the mock draft with?
0: It's a running it through a PFF uh, Pro Football Focus simulator, oh, okay. and then you pick your team and you draft, and you can make trades, and they can get accepted. So we did. You know, we've That's done cool. a couple of these live just to see how they go. I checked
2: in on it, but I didn't watch the whole thing. I couldn't figure out who determined like the order and all that stuff, but.
0: That was Good nice, night, nice of you, Sebastian. Yeah. <laughs> What's the right, point yeah. of this show? What is the point of this show? Um, <laughs> but, uh, I want to
2: give one shout-out to somebody who, who – uh, um, since Bobby gave a shout-out. I'm going to give one out to Scottish Celtic who just tweeted me. and said, shout-out for Europe Celtics fans. 4 to 5 a.m. here watching from Glasgow. Cannot miss a post-game show. So that's pretty sweet. Thank we you. love that. Yep.
0: Yeah. We love that. So um, hello.
2: Good morning over there.
0: Yeah. Good morning to everybody. Uh, happy Passover, Happy Easter coming up. We're back Easter Sunday. We will do a show to my Greek brothers out there. We got another month or so until uh, until Easter, so don't worry about it. Um, yeah, Greek Easter, Greekster, we like to call it. Yeah, this
2: podcast sucks.
0: Yeah. <laughs> Greekster, I know he doesn't mean it. I know, um, yeah, he, he, I know he mean it. he's one of our fans. Um, so we'll be, we'll be back on Sunday. But thank you guys again for watching. Yeah. yeah. Espana. We back yeah. on
2: Sunday. Hopefully, Gordon Hayward will be joining joining the uh, discussion a little bit.
0: But. And Sway and Sharad, um, they were uh, getting married or at a wedding. I forget
2: <laughs> one or the other. Yeah, we couldn't yeah. figure out if it was their wedding or a wedding they're both <laughs> going to. We didn't want to ask, so we weren't invited either way. So We weren't
0: invited, but they're uh, they're they're not around tonight. Uh, so for those who missed them, one or both will be back Sunday um and so subscribe to our youtube channels as we've told you a million times um we'll be going live here after every single game uh eventually going daily again exciting new sponsor to talk about next week that is going to involve the viewers here and we're going to hopefully get a chance to hear from you guys directly uh more so than just this chat so just stay tuned for that information when it comes um and uh until then i guess yeah i guess that's it we'll see you guys on uh, sunday